0: Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the
1: Clark Howard Show where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. You looking for deals? ClarkDeals.com. Is this a deal? Disney raising prices again at the parks, but this time significant increases in price, and is it going to hurt them? Wait till you hear what I have to share with you about the price hikes and the fact that it doesn't seem to hurt Disney at all, just your wallet. But also coming up, there's a come on that is appearing all over the country. And it's a sales flyer for car dealerships that promises you Great winnings, thousands of dollars in cash, free TVs, free cars, and a number of other things. But everybody's a winner. Really? You'll hear in today's Clark Rage. Right now I want to talk about something that is a Clark rages moment as well and ties in with something I talked about just about five weeks ago. It involves when you get a statement, if you have health insurance, you get a statement from your health insurer denying your claim for any of a number of reasons, most often medical necessity. Well, in a scandal of extraordinary proportions, Aetna has admitted one of their officials has admitted under oath that this is their medical director that he had denied coverage over and over and over again without ever once looking at patient records now aetna is the third largest insurer in the United States for health and it is absolutely stunning beyond measure that their medical director would deny 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 and never never not ever not even once have looked at a single file now this is an allegation this is under oath The medical director admitted this. Uh, There are a number of lawsuits against Aetna for refusing to pay. And Aetna has been defending the doctor and saying that it was absolutely fine. That the doctor was refusing to pay for things without ever having reviewed them. But, and I should point out, this was an exclusive report initially from CNN, now with many follow-ups, now an investigation by the state of California. And what I want you to know is what went on for three years, three Years, with denial letter after denial letter after denial letter being sent out without a single case ever being reviewed by the doctor, by the medical director. It just emphasizes what I've told you just weeks ago, that when you get a denial from an insurer, know that it's never been properly reviewed. The insurer is hoping, as a money-saving thing for them, that you'll just whimper away and not appeal. And appeal you should when you've faced a denial from an insurer saying they're not going to pay. And the reality with insurance companies is they count on most people not having the courage to stand up to these people. Stand up to them. And what happens so often when an administrative denial is done is that's just a money-saving thing. So when you stand up for yourself, more often than not, they'll fold like a tent. It's your money. You paid the premiums. Don't let somebody rip you off. And know that you might have to go through multiple stages of appeal. And if it's for big money, you may need to hire, hire a patient advocate who's an expert in billing. We have links at Clark.com on how to do that. Were any of the denials by Aetna correct medically? Who knows? The fact is you have a medical director signing things that he never looked at. For three straight years. Deanna's with us on The Clark Howard Show. Hi, Deanna. Hi, how are you, Clark? I'm having a great day, thank you. So, we were just talking about medical insurance. You want to talk about like a cousin to that? Yes. Tell me.
2: My, hus- my husband and I were in our 50s and we only have one child. So, we were thinking about purchasing long term care insurance to cover any bills that may come up so he doesn't have to dip into his, his inheritance. And I was wondering what your thoughts were.
1: Well, long-term care insurance right now is a very wounded market. And you said in, in your 50s, what age are each of you in your 50s?
2: I just turned 50 and he's 52.
1: Okay, I want you to punt for maybe as long as 10 years before you do anything because even though you're looking to uh, protect your adult child from the expenses that might be involved, the market is so distorted because what happened is there used to be uh, more than a thousand companies that sold long-term care insurance and they lost their shirts in it. They had underestimated how long people would live, how many people would keep their policies going, how many would make claims. And so companies, individual companies have lost literally in the billions on long-term care. So like everybody ran for the hills, there's now less than 10 companies that sell it, and they're so gun-shy right now that they've made the policies very expensive, not covering very much. Okay. And so if you were a decade older, I'd say, well, you need to just hold your nose and go ahead and buy the the best you can find out there but i think you use your age as your uh, ally in this and give the market time to find a new equal equilibrium gotcha and i think in next five years or so there will be some more rational pricing in long-term care okay so uh, you. you're doing you're really doing a good thing planning that out thinking about it but this is not the time I'd like you to do it. You know, insurers listening, people that sell insurance, do you know why they would say I'm giving you bad advice?
0: <laughs> Any idea, no idea why they would say it's bad?
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what they would say. They'd say, well, you know, Deanna, sometime in your 50s, you might have some medical condition. that at that point, nobody wants to write the insurance. Yeah. And that's always a risk, but everything in life involves calculations of risk, you know, risk and reward, and in this case, the reward of waiting outweighs the benefit uh, or danger of something happening to you that would make it tough for you to get good insurance, and so I would just wait on it, and hopefully... It will get to be a much better market before you know it. Greg is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Greg. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you, Greg. So we're dealing with a lot of uh, illness and mortality issues right now, aren't we?
3: (laughs) Yes, we are. But my question is related. Um, my wife and I, I think, are very good planners and appreciate your guidance, but we have failed miserably in preparing either a will or a living trust, and I, I'm confused by the differences between those and what's most appropriate for us.
1: In most circumstances, in most cases, a will is necessary. A living trust would not be. So I'll give you some circumstances where a living trust would outweigh doing a will okay if you had a blended family with some interesting uh, family dynamics that would lead to wanting to do a living trust as a potential alternative or an addition to a will where certain assets would pass through a living trust instead of a will do you have any complicated family stuff
3: we do not no it's all very straightforward
1: okay Uh, Second, do you have an enormous amount of money that people might, at the time of your passing, decide they wanted to fight about?
3: Well, I I don't think so. Uh, I think we've done well, but I don't think it fits into that category, and I don't foresee those kinds of issues with our our sons.
1: So then just doing a will would be almost always sufficient, but doing a will would be very necessary. Oh, absolutely. Because if you don't do that, then your state decides who's going to get what. So let's talk about your assets. How complicated is your asset picture?
3: Uh, It's a combination of our retirement accounts, both 401k and and IRAs, and also um, investment accounts. And that's really about, about it.
1: So all of those can pass outside of a will? through doing designated beneficiaries. Okay. So you can do it either way. And if you do, uh, you can even put something in a will saying, I want blah, blah, blah investment account to go to this person. The will doesn't matter if you've designated a beneficiary with the mutual fund company, investment house, 401k manager, whatever. So Mm -hmm. you you can do a lot of it outside of a will, And if you were to guess your total amount of assets, including real estate, where would you guess you are?
3: I would guess approximately uh, probably 1.5.
1: Right. At that kind of assets, I want you to go see a lawyer who does wills, estates, and trusts. Okay. Because even though you don't have a complicated family situation... You've got enough net worth that seeing a lawyer who does wills, estates, and trusts, not somebody who once did a will for his or her brother-in-law, I -hmm. want somebody who this is what he or she does for a living, is wills, estates, and trusts, because there are ideas and strategies and questions you'll be asked that you won't have thought about. With a million and a half dollars, 5 you got to make sure you do everything right and dealing with things that you've not anticipated
3: agreed yeah i I feel really guilty and and
1: no 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 guilt no guilt allowed no guilt allowed you've done a great job accumulating assets and now it's just important to make sure that you don't leave unfinished business behind for your grieving family members
3: agreed and understood so it sounds like um well we'll definitely follow your guidance as always but potentially then a will might be able to cover what we need exactly order.
1: i don't hear anything in what you've said remember i'm not a lawyer but i've heard nothing in what you've said that would lead a big sense of urgency to doing anything in living trust there may be something unique that i haven't asked you that would make that smart but i didn't hear that that may be an unnecessary complication a will i think that's going to be perfect
0: There's a rip-off mailing that people have
1: been getting this entire decade, and this is the third time this decade I've had to warn you about it in a Clark-rageous moment.
0: Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark-rageous moment.
1: A marketing company sells basically the same ad campaign to car dealers, new car dealers around the country. And what it says on here is that you have a special scratch-off number on this flyer that if you match the numbers, you've won a prize below. And it'll say, well, your number in this case, you won $2,500 in cash. says your odds of winning were one in a million, but gosh, you had the six numbers and you've won. But did you really? Because in order to see if your number is a winner, you have to go to the car dealer where they then can try to sell you a car. But guess what? Even though your numbers match one of the prizes, and there's a new car, there's a TV, there's money, variety of things, the truth is you haven't won until you get to the dealer, and a second number matches up. And then remember, even though it said that you'd won $2,500 cash, the reality is a million people are told the same thing. Only one actually wins the cash. This is sleazy, underhanded, slimy, and just a way to get you in to buy a car. When you're trying to buy a car... Buy a car the Clark Smart way, knowing that the first rule of buying a new car the Clark Smart way is you don't even go to the dealership. You do the whole deal in advance using my strategies to save money, eliminate stress. So at Clark.com, you can see step by step the right ways to buy a new car. And when I say car, I mean vehicle, and also the more difficult steps. If you want to buy a used car the Clark Smart way and
0: don't get conned. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary Technology. Real World Results. That's SAP Business AI. I'm glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show where
1: you learn ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website and you want to follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Clark Howard. You may have heard, if you're not yet, if you are into going to Disney, you will experience The price hikes that Disney just did that are pretty significant, larger than I can remember in recent years. And so a family of four for tickets and parking can end up spending over $500 for the day. That's before you buy anything inside one of the Disney parks that's a lot of money now in spite of that Disney has had record-breaking attendance I mean people are dying to stand in line but the problem for Disney is that if people stand in line too much it sours the experience and they don't want to come back so what Disney is doing And what other amusement park operators are doing, I think, is absolutely the right idea. They are using the time-tested strategy that the airlines have nearly perfected called dynamic demand pricing. So depending on when you go, the price rises or falls. So there are cheap days. Well, none of them are cheap and then there are expensive days. And I got no problem with that. You know, at Disneyland, the cheapest day now is ninety seven. The most expensive is one hundred thirty five. And at Disney World it's I think the cheapest day is one hundred three, most expensive one hundred twenty nine. I may be off just a little on those, but I think that's right. So you can look right on an electronic calendar with Disney, and you can plan a trip based on what the prices are. And again, I have no problem with that, because what they're trying to do through this pricing mechanism is level out the crowd size day by day. And, I mean, think about this with the airline. So, a flight on a Friday evening at 5 o'clock, when a bunch of grumpy business travelers want to go home, you pay the highest prices for a ticket. On the other hand, if you'll go midday on a Tuesday or Wednesday when nobody else wants to be flying, you'll get the lowest possible prices. And so I support that. And if you want to save money going to Disney, you don't go. But if you are going to go, for years I've loved Mousesavers.com. Again, Mousesavers.com. And then they have a competitor, the MouseForLess.com. These sites will help you Save money on the edge of your trip, if you will, because you got to pay the big money for the tickets. And my favorite time for you to go visit Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck is mid-November through mid-December, not over Thanksgiving. You know, that's the softest attendance of the year, and that would be a great time to go. And then for Disney World, different than Disneyland, in the eastern part of the United States, there are exceptions, but schools are going back much earlier than they did before, and so a lot of schools go back um, mid-August or even earlier, so there's now a bit of softness at attendance at Disney World and the adjacent parks, the Magic Kingdom and stuff, in Orlando if you go late August and for Disneyland early September right after Labor Day would be a softer time. April is with us on the Clark Howard show. Hi April. Hi Clark. April you have a question for me that confuses people no <laughs> end. HSA's. Yes, it's an important
2: uh, project I'm working on for my family, and um, important to mention to you also, we're a family of four. Um, my husband and I are, are 52, and our kids are 17 and 19, and we've purchased our own health insurance for the last 12 years.
1: So you've uh, seen in 12 years your premiums have tripled?
2: They've tripled. The deductibles, uh, as I'm sure everyone hears. if they're not subject to it, they have they're just not reasonable anymore you can't really use most of the plans but for sure they've they've gone up to an unreasonable amount do you
1: know why health insurance is so unreasonable
2: i have some theories but uh, i want to hear yours
1: hit me with why you think health insurance is so ridiculously overpriced
2: well i think um there's no controls over health care and what the insurance companies are doing with billing um, and then the different patient populations, they don't, they don't seem to have a handle on the different groups and how they're, how they're, um, what their spreadsheets look like in terms of how to allocate the dollars for different patients.
1: Am I close? Well, I believe that the, the real problem is that we have the most expensive health care in the world and that insurers yep. are a symptom of it, not the cause. That you know, we're spending nearly one fifth of our nation's output of goods and services on providing health care in the U.S., mm-hmm. and the next closest to us in the world spends it's either eight or nine percent, and we're up near twenty. So we run extremely inefficient health care in the United States that costs a zillion bucks, and our results are falling to third world standards in terms of lifespans in the United States so insurance is only a piece of the puzzle because the real problem is that our healthcare delivery system in the United States is so fouled
0: up
2: it's getting worse and worse and we've definitely experienced that being in the individual health insurance market and I'm fairly knowledgeable uh, I've, I've kind of managed this for my family my husband always jokes that I know a lot more than I realize, having done it for 12 years. But even then, I, I feel like I, I just there's no control. And as a consumer, I, I'm losing control of my health care and certainly the dollars that I'm spending on, on even accessing a physician, which is why I'm calling you to ask you about health savings accounts, because it seems like a logical, the only logical thing to do especially for my family, buying our own health insurance so that we can hold on to some of those dollars ourselves and try to manage it ourselves when we actually, if we need health insurance or health a, a catastrophic event, we can hold on to some of those dollars versus the insurance company taking all of it up front for premiums, which sure. they may or may not pay for. All
1: right, I love HSAs think? for the right individual, the right family. Mm-hmm. So the key to it is that okay. if you have enough family resources that for routine things that would become out-of-pocket because you're in Mm -hmm. high-deductible HSA plan, if you confront that cost yourself and not touch the money in the HSA, HSAs are fantastic. Okay. Because you're able to put money aside that has multiple tax benefits including potentially, depending on your circumstance, an upfront tax benefit. The money then grows tax-free, and then it's spent tax-free on medical. But you only get the real advantage if you can leave that money sitting uh, basically in storage in the HSA, the health savings account, and there's not as much advantage if you're having to tap that money each year for unreimbursed medical expenses.
2: Okay. Um, can I ask you about a particular one that I'm, I'm considering? Because I've been doing a lot of research. I know there's a lot of options sure. for health savings account. Um, there's a group called Lively, um, and I'm really curious to know what you think about them.
1: It's very, very cheap. I can't find um, where there's a gotcha to it. Okay. They're very upfront about their pricing, Because the truth is, most HSAs, health savings accounts, destroy the money you're putting aside with massive fees. Mm -hmm. And that's why I've encouraged people to do the the savings account part with Vanguard, Um, but Lively looks like it's really offering a great alternative, and especially, uh, this is also true with the Vanguard offering. If you can put money aside in um, low-cost investments that you just leave in there and let grow rather okay. than using it for, for current medical expenses, the pricing of Lively really works to your advantage because you pay for okay. your family. You'd pay uh, 10 bucks a month, if I remember right, for a family of four. Does that sound right?
2: There was no minimum, there's no amount to open up an HSA, I believe, with them. And then if you want to do any investing, it's $2.50. Oh, I think, I don't know if that's per month. I would think that's
1: per month per uh, user. But let's say it even is that. You have a variety of investment options that you can go into commission-free that are very, very tax-efficient. Well, you don't need the tax efficiency, but they're very... Extremely low-cost mutual funds and uh, index-type funds. Okay. So you would only want to put money in investments that would be money that you would just be um, holding on to, like, uh, like what animal is it that holds on to acorns for winter? Is that squirrels? You're like <laughs> squirreling money away. Okay. And uh, but if there's money, you're going to know that you're going to have to use each year for unreimbursed medical. That you just leave in simple savings within the HSA, but the other money you want to invest.
2: Oh, I see. Okay, so we could say take the money uh, that we're going to invest that might cover that huge deductible should, God forbid, we need to use the insurance that way, we leave that alone, invest that, and then, then put part of it to say if we need to go get a prescription for something and then pay for the prescription that with the in just in a general savings I'm more,
1: I'm more radical than that. Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean I mean this is where the HSA really pays off if when you need that prescription you can just pay for that and not okay. tap the HSA money.
2: I see. Okay. So the okay. real advantage
1: yeah. of an HSA is where you husband the money into investments in it that you're just leaving for future use for a catastrophic incident that you hope never comes. And if the catastrophic never comes for your 19 and 17-year-old or either you or your husband, you can just leave it in there and let it grow. And then ultimately, you and your husband could use money in it for medical needs in retirement and have had decades of tax-free growth. So they are really, really great in the right circumstance, the right situation. Eric is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Eric. Hi, Clark. Eric, um, you're asking me about something. You're the first person asked me about it since I talked about it when I was at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, in Las Vegas in early January. So I'm glad somebody's interested in what I talked about.
3: Yes. Uh, I've been using the UMA Home Phone Service for several years now and love it. Um, but I saw that they have a home security system as well with both a free monthly option and a $5 monthly option. And I was wondering, how does that one compare to something like the Simply Safe that I've heard you mention before?
1: I have not heard a single complaint about the UMA Home Security. And I looked at it extensively in Las Vegas and it seems completely like the real deal, and in fact, it's becoming a multi-horse race in providing self-installed home security systems, and these things are really exciting because they allow you to, to without much effort at all, to install a comprehensive burglar alarm system in your home with uh, door monitoring, window monitoring, uh, motion sensing, and all the various components that you can choose how you want to have it monitored. And so I would compare UMA's offering, what it costs up front, what it costs for the monthly, which is very good, to Simply Safe. But also another one I'd look at is Scout. Have you heard of Scout?
3: No, I haven't.
1: So um, Scout has a base station And then just like, pretty much like how they work, you pay for a base station and then you pay for how many doors and windows you need. And there was another I had talked about before that I can't talk about right now as something you can buy and that's the Ring system. And Ring had one that was extremely promising but they're facing a lawsuit that's keeping them from selling it because there's an allegation that they crossed other people's patents with their design so for now you're already an uma customer if it compares well to what you're seeing from the folks at simply safe which is the most well-known self-installed brand i would go uma
3: okay do you know if i have to purchase like the the new base unit then for the
1: UMA it it depends on the age of your UMA and they'll tell you I mean you can call them they'll probably have you read a serial number off the bottom of your UMA device and they'll be able to tell you instantly whether or not you have an obsolete unit or one that will integrate with the home security system All right, very good, thank you. And UMA is an incredible home phone service, isn't it?
3: Yes, yeah, I've I've been loving it for years now.
1: Yeah, I've been UMA since UMA was in beta, and it's such a good deal that it's hard for people to accept that it could be as good a deal as it is, Eric, because you get your home phone service, including local and long distance, and every calling feature you could think of at a monthly fee of pass-throughs that's usually a few dollars a month versus what you pay a phone company for home phone service they're not even close because Uma's quality is extraordinary you're listening to the Clark Howard Show if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show I'd love it if you'd subscribe Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews.